Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to West Indies on 99.94 Cricket Every Day. My name is Mashal St. Patrick Hewitt, one half of the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. And with me as ever is my partner in crime, Santoki Nagulendran, the other half of the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. Today on West Indies on 99.94, we're going to be talking about Nicholas Puran. Oh, captain, my captain. Santoki, take it away. Yes, global superstar Nicholas Poran, he took over to lead the new generation of West Indies T20 players um, after the retirement of Kyron Pollard earlier this year. Now, there was a lot of excitement for his, uh, his appointment, a fresh face to come in and galvanise a side um, into the World Cup. Unfortunately, it did not pan out that way. West Indies crashed out in the first week, first round of the World Cup and did not make the main draw for the first time in their history. Now, to add to this, Paul Rand's record in the World Cup was abysmal. He averaged six with a strike rate of 87, which has led to question marks inevitably amongst fans in the region as to whether Paul Rand is the right man for the job. Is it time to relieve him of his duties? Have him back in the side solely as a batsman who can focus on regaining form and to have someone else take lead? Or do we give him more time as a young player still? He's just 20. He just turned 27 years old, regarded as the future of West Indies cricket. Do we deserve to give him more time in the role? Michelle, we're here to dissect that also. Take it away. Yeah, I think a very good point you've made there. He's not actually been in the role that long. Kyron Pollard stepped away from international duty in March. And the the inevitable next choice was Puran. But I guess the surprise at the time was that Puran got the ODI captaincy and the T20 captaincy. We all expected him to get the T21. Not all of us were certain he was going to get the ODI one. But it's I think it's fair to say, uh, Santoki, it's been a baptism of fire. And before we look at the World Cup, I'm going to kind of go back to something you and I discussed, I think, just before CPL. And the worry for me was we had played a lot of white ball cricket in the summer. And I just felt at the end of that summer of ODI, we we played Netherlands, we played Pakistan, home series versus India. In all of that, it was T20 cricket. It felt like the cricket was never ending in the summer. So straight after IPL, it felt like there was just never ending cricket for West Indies from IPL all the way through to CPL. And Within all that, Santoki, we were, ta- we were taking unprecedented licks. We nearly broke the record for consecutive defeats. Um, <laughs> we nearly broke the record for consecutive defeats. We were losing in OGI cricket. We were losing in T- T20 cricket, right? In, in amidst all that, you've got Nicholas Puran as a new captain trying to find his way whilst we're taking licks. We said that he looked frazzled mentally frazzled at the end of um at the end of the, the the summer interestingly enough trimbago didn't give him the captaincy pollard took the captaincy trimbago then had a, a dreadful cpl uh campaign as well 
Puran barely found form in CPL either. So I say all that to say, Santelki, that this World Cup, I would hesitate to say that this is a full indictment on Nicholas Puran as a captain. I just think the introduction he's had to captaincy for someone who's only 26 years old and crucially Santolki for someone who doesn't have much international experience surrounding him to help him. I don't think that has been particularly helpful for him. And then on top of that, he's had to captain sides where some of our better players haven't even played. Um, and I'm not, someone listens to this and be like, oh, Mash, why are you giving so many excuses for him? I'm not trying to do that. I think I'm just trying to paint context and say, yeah, if we're going to cuss Puran out and say, boy, he's a rubbish captain and this, that, and the other, let's at least do it in the context. And let, sorry, let's at least paint the context first and, and, ex, and suggest why he might be finding captaincy difficult. What do you reckon about that, Santoli? Yeah, no, I think you're. I think you're spot on there. I think it's a variety of factors, namely burnout as well. We can see in the T20 format in particular. If you do lose form, the relentless nature of games coming across, whether it be franchise leagues or bilateral means, it's very hard to kind of regain your footing without taking a break. Now, since the IPL, Poran's essentially been playing non-stop uh, white ball cricket leading up to this World Cup. He's lost form throughout periods. He's not really been had time to kind of sit back, reflect on his own game and prepare properly. He's been launched into another franchise competition, another bilateral series. So he hasn't really had time to kind of reverse these fortunes. And obviously flying into Australia straight after the CPL, he was expected to kind of lead the side with his performances. It hasn't worked out. But as you said, Mash, the problem is, whereas previous T20 sides, we've had an abundance of experience and talented players. If one player doesn't perform, We've had someone to back it up, whereas in West Indies, no one's been able to back it up. So the spotlight's fallen even harder on Nicholas Puran because of his underperformances, because nobody else has essentially covered for him. Now, there are a lot of other reasons, as you rightly said. The frustration he must feel, I mean, generally, he seems like someone who comes across very positive when he's doing interviews. When I spoke to him, he was very positive about everything. Um, But it must have been frustrating for... Shimon Hetmeyer to miss the plane, um, refused to get on the plane to Australia. For him to remember, um, Desmond Haynes did say Puran reached out to Narayan on WhatsApp. So that must have been frustrating to have to reach out to Narayan and have your advances rejected in that way. So there is obviously a lot of frustration behind the scenes. And you felt like this kind of job, being captain of West Indies for this particular campaign, always felt like he had one hand tied behind his back. He didn't have Evan Lewis in the bilaterals building up to the World Cup. So it always felt like he was working under tough circumstances and it's kind of borne fruit now with this World Cup performance. So for me, I don't think it's fair to say Nicholas Puran is completely to blame. Yeah, that's interesting, Santolki. And I think what struck me during the, the World Cup itself was when we were under the pump. So Scotland game, when we were... No, 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 no let's not use Scotland game. Let's use the Ireland game in particular, right? When we were under the pump, you so you have Puran behind the stumps as captain. He looks stressed, right? Um, but I didn't see much what I call conflabbing going on. Now let's let's look at our squad and think, right? Who are the who are the captains in that squad? Jason Holder, Rothman uh, Powell. I guess we have to include Carl Mayers because he just captained um, Barbados Royals in the sixty. Um, and element and elements of the CPL as well. I didn't see many instances of people coming around Puran 
and saying, boy, like, what, what are we going to do here? Um, now, Robin Powell is the vice captain. Now, maybe that did happen. I'm just saying I didn't see many instances of it. And again, I'm not saying this to absolve Nicholas. I'm just saying that when you have a young captain, and Jason would probably say the same. Remember when Jason took over as West Indies captain, he was only 23 years old. And that was part of the problem for Jason when he was captaining that he was young and he was inexperienced. And he took over at a time when there was barely any experienced players to help him. Mm. And I just wonder whether we look at Phil for this, whether we look at the team as a whole, are lots of people hiding? Are lots of people hiding? Or is it that we don't have the requisite international, and hear me out here, we don't have the requisite international GOAT experience in T20. Now, let me explain to people why I'm saying GOAT experience. It's one thing to play T20, Santoki. It's another thing to have played what was it for Pollard and all of that lot? I can't remember what the total of their matches is, but if you add up all of the Rhines, Russells, Pollards, Bravos, and Gales T20 matches, it's absurd, right? That's what I call GOAT level experience. And um, what I mean is that level of experience to basically, and I think you've made reference to this in some of our previous episodes, that level of experience to basically say, I've played this exact match situation before. Let me go talk to Puran about what's the best thing to do. And I just wonder in the nuances of captaincy and, and in the nuances of T20 and how fast moving T20 is, is there enough of a leadership element and experience element of the format to go to, to come around Puran and say, boy, let's not bowl old Dean Smith for the fourth over in the power play because that's unlikely to work. <laughs> so I, what, I don't know, Santoki, do you think it's because of the, do you think it's because of the lack of top, top tier international experience that's hindering Puran? Yeah, 100%. I think we've seen with other other international sides often especially in a death overs you'll see a group com- converge together and kind of discuss what to do with the onus it's just isn't on the captain but as you said throughout a lot of the games particularly against Ireland it did feel like Puran was essentially isolated like he'd been left to kind of have executive power over all the decisions which in theory is what a captain should do but generally we see groups kind of come together and discuss ideas we didn't really see that as you mentioned from Jason Holder Carl Mayers throughout games, um, that that experience to kind of discuss ideas and and work out plans. So it did feel like there was a lot of responsibility on him solely to kind of come up with everything going on in the field, which is as you said, is tough. He's he's young, he's new to captaincy. Um, so I think that's that's an that's an interesting question you pose, Mash, because it comes down to was it a case of the players respecting Paul Rand and didn't want to step on his toes mm. by offering ideas, or was it simply a case of essentially everyone realized this was a disastrous kind of campaign going on and they didn't want to get involved. They were just kind of throwing all responsibility on point. And it'd be interesting to know. And it's something we, we won't ever fully understand without knowing the dynamics of the change room and kind of player relationships with each other. But yeah, it did. It did feel like he was very isolated throughout those games. Yeah. And I think, you know what, Let, let's take a quick break and come back. Cause there's some more points that we need to unpick with regards to Nicholas, but let's take a quick break first. You're listening to Cricket's Conversation on 99.94. Whatever your team, we have the show for you on podcast, YouTube, or on the 99.94 app. We have India, England, South Africa, West Indies, and now Sri Lanka covered. 
If you want to find us, the best way is to follow us on social media at 9994DM by downloading the 9994 app or Google 99.94 on podcast. We speak cricket. So, uh, Santoki, uh, other aspects of this this Puran captaincy thing that we need to look at is, and this is where I have to look at Phil a bit more as well. And that doesn't mean that I'm trying to blame Phil, but I have to just look at Phil a bit more. Phil was lucky with Pollard, right? And the reason why he was lucky with Pollard is Pollard's level of experience was such that if Pollard sensed the game was going a certain way, for example, he was likely to just take the ball and say, you know what? I'm going to bowl myself now four overs on the, on the dot. I'm going to bowl some off cutters into the pitch and I'm going to try bamboozle the batters and just lead from the front to galvanize the side. I'm not trying to say Huran should be told to do that with his off spin. No, that's, that's not the point I'm trying to make here. But I just sense that with Puran, and this is where I'm a bit critical, with Puran, there were a lot of instances during the World Cup where, like, where effectively I was like, this looks like the plan has already been written down and Puran's just following the plan. So, for example, right, Carl Mayers to open the bowling. Didn't work in the first match, and then they bowled him for 12 overs. It didn't work. They still went for it in the second match, right? And he got licked down again in the second match. Now, I'm not saying that's that's just me using a certain type of point. And then even the Island match, bowling Oldean Smith for the fourth over um, inside the power play when everybody knows that Oldean Smith goes for licks at the back end and the front end, right? It smacked to me of, and this is where I'm trying to get this point across. This, those were all examples to me that Puran isn't his own man yet, right? Like he's following, he's following a script. This is what you do first, and this is what you do second. And he's not going to become comfortable in captaincy unless he can reach a point where he's truly thinking for himself. The phrase I always like to use is, and again, I go back to Pollard, don't wait for the game to affect you. You affect the game. So don't, don't be reactive to what's going on. Think five steps ahead as to what might take place and therefore the move you might need to make at this particular point in time. And I just felt there were a lot of instances where I was like, boy, Phil must have to literally talk and walk Puram through what to do. And Puram must not have the, um, this pure pop psychology, because I could be wrong, but Puram must not have the, the, the confidence yet in his own leadership to be like, nah, I'm going to do this. Mm. Now, I, but before I just bring you in, Santelki, I'm saying to you that I hope that's the case. I hope that's the case. And the reason why I hope that's the case, because I don't want to believe that Puran has been his own man and then therefore has made decisions like bowling Oldean Smith in the power play. Because if that is Puran's decision, then that suggests he's not a good... Do, do, I, do, I don't know. It's, it's no. a difficult one. My 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 gut instinct is that he's following sort of uh, Phil Simmons's instructives and kind of as you said, not having the confidence to be flexible or divert from those plans when and where they're happening. I guess we were fortunate that when Kylan Pollard did take over captaincy, he was thirty two, a lot more experienced than Paul and his head captain kind of at the Mumbai Indians and at franchise league, so he had that confidence to kind of put his own stamp of authority down. Whereas you feel like. Puran is kind of towing the line at the moment. He's trying to fill things out. He probably doesn't want to digress too much on the plans, but you essentially need a captain who's able to innovate 
on the field and react to match situations if we want to get ahead of the game. And I think a good example would be, I remember during when we played the India series in August, Poran said he would love to see um, King and Mayers open at the World Cup. Obviously, that didn't happen. So obviously, Phil Simmons has gone with the opening pair he thought was right, which goes against kind of what Poran thought was would be the ideal opening pair. So there's obviously some sort of, that when there are differences, it does seem like Phil Simmons does get kind of the executive power and Poran's not able to kind of affect the the, the lineups and the matchups that come in. And, and as you said, bowling players in the power play was probably Phil Simmons's directive as well. So I just feel... To me, it's not it's not a massive criticism of Paul Ryan. It's kind of understandable, bearing in mind his position, being a youngster, new to captaincy. But I would like to see within the next year, seeing more of a kind of a Paul Ryan flavor on sides, just more of a, a, a games where you can see Paul Ryan directly affected things on the field and made changes and put his stamp of authority on things because that's how successful cap- captains operate. And I think this World Cup will be a massive learning experience for Paul Ryan. I don't think it should be the end of the road for him, as many fans are calling. I think this is a learning experience that will put him in good stead. It's interesting. So you're you're firmly putting your your cap on the mast of keep Nicholas Puran in the job. I I mean I'd I'd keep him on. I'd keep him on. I think it would be harsh to try and remove him now. Obviously, in previous episode we spoke about um, Ricky Skerritt's statement. I don't see that accountability falling on Puran. However, Santoki, could you see Puran standing down? <clears throat> the reason I bring that up <laughs> is because Puran is a franchise player. And at the time when he took the captaincy, I remembered you and I speaking about why did he do it? He doesn't need this stress in his life. Now, <laughs> the captain in the West Indies team, as you've always said, at the best of times, it's a dreadful job to have. Much less, your life is good. You're, you're an IPL staple. You'll always get the big bag in IPL. You'll always get the big bag in PSL or any other uh, franchise league you choose to play in. By accepting the West Indies captaincy, Puran was ultimately limiting which franchise leagues he can play, give or take with West Indies duty. He must have known, and I think you and I tweeted about it at the time, boy... Puran's not going to be able to uh, to escape the cuss out because once West Indies start losing, the cuss out will come. And that's predictably what has happened. West Indies started losing. No one cares that Puran's only been six months in the job. They're cussing him out like he's a wily 34-year-old veteran who should know better, right? So the cuss out is there. Do you think, Santoki, that he will be thinking in his head, I don't need this. I really don't need this in my life. Yeah, 100%. I think human nature is inevitable not to. There's only so much negativity and cuss outs someone can take. And obviously, Paul Rans, as you said, financially, he doesn't need to play for West Indies. He'd make more money playing in big franchise leagues, especially with the South African and the UAE T20 League popping up next year. He's going to get contracts there as well. So financially, he doesn't need to play. So you're essentially playing for the pride of West Indies. However, when West Indies are at an all-time low in the format and are getting cussed out by fans across islands, how much is that pride going to take you? How long can you put up with it? And how much he could look at his own individual performances and think, hold on, playing for West Indies and in this team is bringing down my own performances, <laughs> which is lowering my value for franchises. Yeah. So he could be thinking, hold on, I might need to duck out from West Indies to preserve my own franchise respectability. So it would not surprise me if we did see Paul Rand step out. Well, nothing surprises me in West Indies cricket, but if, if Paul Rand were to announce tomorrow, listen, guys, I took the job. It was bigger than I thought it'd be. It's too much for me. I'm going to step over, hand it over to Rothman Powell, for instance. It would not surprise me. 
Yeah, there's never a quiet day in West Indies cricket. And as soon as you said that, Santoki, in my head, I was like, yep, I can definitely see that happening. Uh, if it happened with, <laughs> if it happened before the old Jai World Cup, I wouldn't would qualify as, I would not be surprised. Um, I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest. Um, there was a point I wanted to make, but it escapes me. So whilst I try to remember that point, Santoki, let's take another quick break and then just discuss, as you said, Nicholas Puran's personal form. If you love the language of cricket and want more, then head over to the 99.94 app and you can hear all of our podcasts and cricket commentary. We're adding new shows all the time and covering cricket series from all over the world. Be the first to hear all of our announcements by following us on social media at 9994DM. Welcome to Cricket's Conversation. So yeah, there's one there's one final aspect to to look at with regards to this Santoki, and um, that's Puran's form itself. And again, you've alluded to it, but I just want to bring up um, his numbers. Since we played Bangladesh in July, this has been Puran's. So it's his last eleven innings. I'm just going to read out the scores to you, Santoki: eighteen, fourteen, twenty-two, twenty-four, three, fifteen, one, two. Now, I'm not trying to say that Puran must deliver match-winning innings at all times. I'm not trying to say that. So I'm not one of them people who's going to be like, well, he's the captain, so he must perform and he he must... lead us to victory. Because remember, when Pollard was captain, everyone used to say, well, he must get this and he must do that. And the point I always used to make about Pollard was, well, he's batting number six, though. Mm. He's only supposed to do that if the others have set up the, the innings for him to be able to do that. Huran's currently batting four or five for the side, okay? And he's not, he's not performing. So, but I want to be balanced because otherwise people are going to say, oh, you lot are just trying to defend Nicholas Puran. So let me be balanced. Those stats I just read are not good enough. A. B. If that was any other player, we'd say drop them. So I'm, I'm, I'm accepting that. I'm accepting that any other player without the additional um, captaincy handle would be saying, what are they doing in the side? Drop them. But here's the counter to it. When you have the ability of Nicholas Puran and the cupboard in West Indies cr- cricket is so empty in terms of additional talent coming through, we just, my personal opinion is, we just have to allow him. We have to allow him and let him work his way through that bad form because metrics say that due to his ceiling, he will eventually come good again. Whereas you could bring in a next man who might have one good innings here and there, but that's basically all they're ever going to give you. Whereas Nicholas Puran, once he comes good again, basically starts winning you matches on a more regular basis. Um, That sounds like a weak argument. But I just think we aren't in a we aren't in a position, Santoki, to dash Nicholas Puran to the wayside in favor of I'm trying to pick a batsman who plays in the middle, in favor of Raymond Reefer. Like that that don't make no sense. It it, it don't make no sense. But I'm I'm saying it to you because I have read some people in the media not only say take the captaincy away from Nicholas Puran, but they're saying drop Nicholas Puran from the side altogether. <sighs> Well, this is the thing. In the IPL in um, 2021, he averaged 7.75 with the bat for Punjab, which is one of the all-time lowest averages for for an overseas player in the IPL. However, the next year, 
he was the most expensive West Indian player at the auction for Sunrisers. So that sort of shows, even beyond West Indies cricket, how on a global level people view his sort of ceiling and potential for talent. And the fact that even if he has short-term poor performances, long-term they know he will come good. And I think, as you said, the same has to be applicable to West Indies cricket. We don't have the talent or resources to afford to throw a Nicholas Poran to the side. It would be stupid on our part. We know he's a world-class talent. Unfortunately, the past few period or four or five months haven't been fruitful for him with the bat. But you know with his talent and what he's done in the past, he just needs probably a break from West Indies cricket, two or three months, come back good, and we could see him explode again. So for me, it will be very foolish, and we'd be shooting ourselves in the foot to get rid of someone um, as high quality as probably one of our most talented players in the side, Nicholas Poran, to get rid of him despite his form. So I wouldn't get rid of him personally, but as you said, as we said in our last episode, Mash, the natural inclination, especially with fans in the Caribbean, is to blame someone, have a target who they can blame. And obviously it's either going to fall on Phil Simmons or the captain, Nicholas Poran, however fairly or unfairly that may be. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see the next few months kind of what way it goes, whether... Poran does decide to hold on to the captaincy for another year or two, especially with a home World Cup coming up in 2024. He may see that as the end of his captaincy journey, um, playing in his native Trinidad for captain in the West Indies. Or if he decides, I've had enough, this is affecting my franchise career and decides to step down. But definitely, I think one thing we can agree on is that what he needs at the moment is probably a break from the Maroon temporarily to kind of reevaluate himself, regain some form, get back in the nets and come back stronger for us in uh, 2023. Yeah, the, the the positive for Puran is West Indies duty is now done for him. Um, after that summer of basically wiping him out, the, the, <laughs> our, ne- our next uh, venture is Australia in Tests. Obviously, he won't be involved in that. And then even in the new year, I think that Pakistan series has now been cancelled so yeah. or moved to 2024. So after that, it's then Zimbabwe in Test. He won't be going there. And then it's South Africa uh, when is the next time he finally plays some uh, white ball cricket. And that's in March. So effectively, we're looking at a five-month break, five break from West Indies captaincy duty and just West Indies duty in general, Nicholas Puran. And I, I agree with you, Santoki, that might be the best thing that could happen to him just to mentally, obviously he's super 50. I don't know if he's going to be involved in super 50 now. In fact, that's probably for another episode, but now we're out the world cup. Everyone's suddenly available for <laughs> super 50. <laughs> so, so I, I don't know if Uren, for example, will say something like, well, do I go and play some super 50 for Trinidad? Or if I was him, I would recommend, you know what, forget all that. Just get away from cricket to your next franchise duty. Just get away from cricket altogether. Clear your head, go seek some mentorship with someone and just be glad to be away from it all for a bit. And that's why those who are saying sack Puran, do this, do that. I think they do need to take into consideration that a big break is coming up. Let's give him that time to, for want of a better phrase, find himself and realign and recalibrate where he's at. Hopefully somebody can kind of sit down with him and there's a, uh, there's a lot to be said for sports psychology here and just sit with him and help him find who he wants to be and find his own voice as a captain, so to speak, and his form, obviously. So, so yeah, I, I think we need to, I think cooler heads need to prevail, Santoki. We need to give the guy some time. Yeah, definitely. And obviously 
we're just two guys with our own opinions. If you disagree with us, if you think Poran should be sacked, who would you put in as the new captain? Obviously, just comment on this video if you're watching it on YouTube or um, hit us up at Cam Cricket on social media. Let us know. Should Poran stay in the job? Should he go? Who would you put appoint as captain? What do you think about the future of West Indies cricket? And we'll try our best to engage with you and have a good discussion about that. But that mash... We've looked at the World Cup, us crashing out. We've looked at the captaincy. It's, it's been a stressful time. I think we both need to head off and, and have a few bombs with no mixer. So um, that's it. That's it from me. Is it that? Is that buy from you? Yeah, that's that's it from us people. Until until we hear in the next four eight hours that there's a new bombshell in West Indies cricket, we're going to take a break of our own. <laughs> <laughs> but stay stay locked in, people, and we'll be back soon. West Indies on 99.94 is your new home for West Indies cricket content and we'll be dropping into your podcast feed on YouTube or on the 99.94 app. And we'll be doing that several times every week. So please rate, review, subscribe, share, like, tell anybody who needs to know. And thanks for joining Cricket's Conversation. Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix, dissecting the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato and I'll catch you after the chequered flag.